Hello, I'm Trevor. And I'm Mark. And this is Talk Apocalypse, a podcast discussing the current fortnight of Apocalypse sports trivia. I am in Doomsday North Premiership, and Mark is in End Times North Liga 2. This episode, we'll be going over the questions from Fortnite 27, Day 2. I started off Day 1 with a loss, and I'm hoping to right the ship in Day 2. Let's see how things went. Start off with question 1. Gives us a quote from January 26th, 2024, and asking us to identify the speaker of said quote. The quote says, I love everything about our supporters. I love team, staff. I love everything. But I take the, the, still take this decision shows you that I'm convinced it's the one I have to take, that this person is running out of energy. So this is some sort of retirement press conference or something from less than a one less, less than a month ago. And the, the clue to me to help me get this was right away saying, I love everything about our supporters. Using the language of supporters, if I had to say, I don't think most, if any, of the big four sports leagues in the U.S., describe fans as supporters. Supporters is language that I associate with soccer. If this is a retirement press conference or someone addressing media regarding retiring from soccer, Jurgen Klopp is the name that comes to mind as the manager of Liverpool, who is is retiring. So once I clued in on soccer, recent soccer retirement, Jurgen Klopp was my answer. Basically the exact same thing. I started reading this. I'm like, all right, January 26, 2024, I'm a this is recent. I should know this. And I saw the word supporters. I was like, well, this is going to be Jurgen Klopp. And I read the rest of it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yep, Jurgen Klopp just to announce his retirement at the end of the season from coaching, managing mm-hmm. Liverpool. Can't say coaching because he's, mm-hmm. he's the manager. He's not the coach. The manager. Yeah. So I, I said Jurgen Klopp. Uh, this was actually my K for the day, for, I think, for all of my opponents. I K'd it as well for my opponent. My opponent homered me on it, which I was thrilled about. I don't have a great soccer score, so I understand that why he homered me on it. But this being recent enough and Jurgen Klopp being a big name, and I do follow Premier League a decent amount. So yeah, but I also cate it because he has a insanely high soccer score. So this one very much helped me out today. You and I must have been playing the same person because my opponent also gave me a, <laughs> a home run on it because I have I just just looking actually earlier today soccer is my second lowest. Not bad. I'm like just under 70%, but it is my yep. second lowest. And yeah. my opponent's soccer score is very high. I, I gave it the K. He got it right. No, no surprise. Question number two asks, name the two-word term that often precedes the word single in reference to a ground ball that barely gets past the infielders. And he notes, a cursory look at the oranges of the term reveal that, has, that it has seemingly nothing to do with dogs or the $1 bill. I read the first sentence and I'm like, well, this is a seeing eye single. I didn't even look at the second sentence, really. I saw $1 bill. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's the eye thing on the back of the $1 bill. Just kind of confirming that seeing eye was what they were looking for. I didn't even look at the dogs. I didn't even think about it. But now I see it like, oh, yeah, seeing eye dogs. Yeah, makes sense. So, yeah, that was pretty. This one was pretty quick for me is seeing eye single. I do feel like maybe this is a little bit of an older term. You know, I don't know how much it's used in like modern baseball. I don't watch a lot of baseball. I'm not sure if maybe some younger players would have a little more trouble with this, but I feel like this was a pretty basic baseball question. Likewise, pretty much ditto everything what you just said. First sentence gave it to me. I know a singing eye single. I've watched baseball my whole life. I've seen a lot of singing eye singles. And if they go against you, they are the most annoying thing. And if they go for you, they're great. 
It didn't didn't need the second sentence, but it confirmed everything. So it yeah, I do think this is a pretty this is a, not an easy baseball question, but I I still think seeing eye single is still in the modern parlance of baseball. So I would expect this one to be fairly decently high percentage percentage right. I don't think it's a gimme by any means, but I do expect this one to be pretty well gotten by most players, at least in my in the premiership side of things. Seeing eye was the was the name of the single yep i agree yeah i i think it's going to be pretty high correct percentage although i will note that my opponent missed it which i was very surprised about so that's why and i know so it's hmm. hi patrick coil <laughs> who <laughs> wrote a great friendly uh, division three uh, sports friendly earlier mm-hmm. this year yep. that's why i wonder like i know he's younger so he posted pictures of himself dunking a basketball on the on the facebook page <laughs> So yeah, I was I wondered if maybe like it's not quite in the vernacular as much anymore. Maybe maybe yeah, I guess I I guess I just grew up always hearing it. I mean the the announcers if when it happens the announcer kind of calls it out and says yep. a seeing eye single. All right, start starting off two for two. Question 3 talks about Nick Dunlap who uh, accomplished a feat on the PGA Tour, not accomplished since the Tucson Open 1991, uh, then asking us to name the player who accomplished the feat in 1991. Mark, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe when you appeared recently on the Sports Trivia Face-Off, there was a question about th- about about this. I don't can't remember if it was it was asking you for Nick Dunlap or if it was asking you for this if if this was the exact same question or it was asking you for Nick Dunlap. But regardless, this has been in the this has been in the news, sports news considerably recently. So I would I may, I may not have known it if Nick Dunlap had not recently won, but I knew that the la- the last person to win as win as an amateur in that kind of event was Phil Mickelson from his Arizona State days. A little bit of recent just this has been in the news, so it was pretty top of mind for me to say Phil Mickelson. Yeah, so shout out to Brent Bullmeyer, host of the Sports Trivia Face Off. Everybody should check that out if they're not already listening to it. I was the guest uh, last week's. He, he releases episodes every other Monday. I was the guest on the one that released this past Monday. The question actually was asking for Nick Dunlap's name. It was a, a, like essentially a current events category, and it was what amateur achieved this feat, you know, being an amateur and winning on the PGA Tour. And I think it was in the kind of the flavor text that Phil Mickelson was the last one to have done it. I think I, I would have got it anyways. I think Sportsnomus would have written it a little bit differently if he was asking for the same thing. Maybe it would have clued you in that it was an Arizona State golfer. But I knew that Mickelson was regardless. Of, and I did watch that Nick Dunlop. I watched the American Express, especially the last round. It was very interesting to watch him try and hold on. And he still had to make he like came to 18 and he had to he had to make a par to win. And he was on the green in two. So all he had to do was two putt from like 30 feet to win. And he like blasted it like eight feet past, blasted his birdie putt like way past. So he had, he had a real, uh, a real knee knocker comebacker to win, but he made it. So that's um, clutch. Yeah, that's clutch. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, all that to be say, I knew this was Phil Mickelson and yeah, which was correct. It was Phil. He was a Arizona state player. I don't know if it was his senior year, but yeah, that was like the last year before he turned pro. Moving on. Question number four. A long question with a lot of words about skiing. In 1988, the three freestyle skiing events debuted at the Winter Olympics as demonstration sports. Moguls and aerials became fixtures of the Olympics by 1994, but the third, despite appearing again as a demonstration sport, dropped off in popularity. 
It was never incorporated into the Olympics. And they changed the name to Acroski in the 90s to try and increase popularity. But it was dropped by the International Ski Federation for all competitions, bar none, by 2000. What is the name of this discipline? So bar none, that's spelled B-A-R-R-E. I have two daughters who did probably... 20 years of dance between them. So I know that bar refers to ballet. I would have probably gotten there uh, anyways, because I I do remember watching ballet ski. If I remember correctly, it was basically performed on a very gentle slope, kind of like what you would assume the bunny slope is like at a, at a ski resort, you know, very, very gentle downhill. And it was performed to music and, you know, very short skis. And I don't remember if they use poles or not, but it was kind of this kind of dance on skis it was a little a little silly but very much kind of of the time you know for trying to be some sort of different freestyle skiing thing you know anything on skis that you could do artistically you know they were they were trying to do so i did struggle a little bit with like well what was this really called what, what's he looking for is it is it just ballet is it ski ballet is it ballet ski does it matter what's going to be accepted i ended up saying ballet ski which was not the official correct answer. We'll let Trevor tell us what the right answer was. I'll, I'll tell you what the right answer was. I did not get the right answer, oh, but no. I'll tell you what it was. Yes, I, I didn't know this. I won't use the before my time, but it was before my time. But the the, the, the name of acro ski was like, okay, this, this is have to do with acrobatics. It's, it's not like aerials has acrobatic elements to it. So it's, I don't know if it's acrobatics, but also seeing bar none, made me go in a dance route. I don't have the daughters who've done dance. I have not. I, I enjoy dancing uh, at weddings and such, but in formal training, I have none dancing. So I did not know. I knew bar as a dancing term of some, in, in some of some kind, but did not connect it to ballet. So I said, I don't know. I've never heard of this, but I know there's a bar, there, bar is a dancing term. Acroski sounds acrobatic, sort of. This is this just ski dancing. And then I imagined, okay, yeah, I can sort of kind of imagine that this could be a thing where you dance on skis and there's, you do like leaps on small hills and you twist and turn and you do things like that. I don't, I did not go as far to say ski ballet. Again, I didn't know it. I did not know bar to be a specifically ballet term. So I just put ski dancing, which was, uh, Marked incorrect. Fair, I think fairly. It's not. It, I needed to be more specific. And the correct answer was ski ballet. After after answering for today's questions, I needed to go to YouTube and find clips of the ski ballet happening, and I I was not disappointed. Yes, I I intended to do that. My morning got away from me, so I haven't had a chance. But yeah, I mean, I remember watching it, and it was just kind of this crazy late 80s type thing. If I remember right, there were some very flamboyant outfits as well that were being uh, worn by the competitors. So, And we're, we're, we're getting some dancing added to this year's Olympics. So That's true. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how that will... I'm, I'm curious to watch it, see how that goes. It will be interesting to see, like, because my kids do dance, and so you go on YouTube and the algorithm eventually finds you with dancing videos. And, and breakdancing is pretty sweet. Like some of the yeah. stuff that, those, yeah. that the people who are or competing in it can do like I just don't know how it's going to be judged. I don't think I've watched any like competition thing, so that'll be it'll be interesting to see like how they figure out who wins. You know, like, I don't know what yeah what the uh, what the criteria is. So for sure that yeah that's this is this is a tangent that we won't won't go on, but that's one a thing that is interesting about Olympics and just sports generally is 
in the Olympics, there are some sports that are just objective standards, like basketball, which team scores the most points. And then you have various other di- sports and disciplines that it's on some sort of it's relying upon judges to 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 critique you and give you a score that there's not necessarily an objective standard like number of points how many times you put the ball in the hoop so that 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 introduces that i think that it can introduce controversy and it has introduced controversy over the years sometimes absolutely but, although they've been trying to remove some of that i know like i watched the us figure skating championships i think it was like 2 weeks ago mm-hmm. and now it's kind of like every every move has like a point value and then there's a judge who looks at it and says okay were you red green or yellow on that Mm -hmm. and then you get the certain number of points based on that i know the same with gymnastics where there's like elements of each move that are worth a certain point value and then it's kind of a little more objective on like well yeah you did this pretty well you know and you get full points or whatever so Mm -hmm. Yeah, looking look, looking forward to seeing Ilya Malinin, or however you pronounce his last name. Uh, he's phenomenal. Question five, finally for today, we get sort of a what's the word? What's the word for a science experiment? Sort of a procedure for a question here. Step one: start with this order of college bowl games: Rose, Sugar, Fiesta, Orange. Figure out the team that has won each of those games the most times. Find the state that each team is from, and take the first letter of each of those four states in the order of the games above. And then that will give you a four-letter word, which is also used in the worlds of mafia and music, and you just identify what that four-letter word is. So this was, I think this is a fun question. I enjoy stuff like this. This is this just takes, this is not a question that you can know. It takes a few different steps of knowledge, but you don't have to know every single one of these. And I didn't. And spoiler alert, I got to the right answer. So how I, how I thought it through is just starting with Rose, knowing the long Pac-12, Pac-8, Pac-10 history with the Rose Bowl. I assume this this, this is probably a California team. You got USC, UCLA, Stanford. I and pretty I was pretty sure it was USC winning the most Rose Bowls. But even if it's not, I was like, well, there's so, there's so many California schools that it's probably this is probably California. So C, the Sugar Bowl. I was like, this could be, uh, in my mind it was either Alabama or Louisiana um, for LSU or. Crimson Tide. So I kind of just I had it I had it on like a piece of paper just writing down keeping track of that. So either CL or C a CA. And then the 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 Fiesta Bowl, I was a little a little unsure about. I figured this could be like a Ohio State, could be a different Big 10 school, but I didn't I didn't have any I didn't have anything solid for Fiesta. It could I was like this it, it would make sense with I was thinking create okay, this if it's CL then I need then I need a vowel, okay? If, well, if it's Ohio State CLO. So then I'm trying to think what world of music. I don't really know mafia as well, but I know I'm decent with music. So what is a CLO? Just couldn't think of something like that. So I just moved on. I, I kept, I didn't mark anything down on my paper for that. Orange Bowl. I have distinct memories of watching Oklahoma win, win a few of those Orange Bowls uh, and knowing that they've won a few more. Uh, so I was decently confident in O for Oklahoma being there. So it was either C-L-O, C-L blank O or C-A blank O. And that gave it to me as Capo. That this, okay, this must be something like Pennsylvania for Penn State, for Capo, um, for guitars in the music world. So I only really knew three of the three of the four, but thankfully that was enough to answer Capo. Uh, yeah. So for my part, uh, very similar to Trevor's logic, starting with the Rose Bowl. Uh, it's been packed. Pack eight, pack ten, pack twelve, slash big ten. 
big whatever they are, B, B1G, who knows anymore, Big Ten. So I thought maybe it was maybe Michigan or Ohio State could have been on the Big Ten side. And then I was almost positive that USC has had won the most Rose Bowls, at least on the Pac-8, Pac-10, Pac-12 side. So I had to see a Sugar Bowl, longtime SEC tie-in to go to the Sugar Bowl. So basically, first thought was Alabama, because I know they were really good. I think they're in the Sugar Bowl pretty much every year in the 70s. There was no other tie-in, so the Sugar Bowl had a lot of just independence. I know that when Georgia won their national championship in the 80s, they beat, I believe they beat Notre Dame. It's either Notre Dame or Pitt. I can't remember who were independents at the time. So I was like, okay, well, it's probably an SEC school. So I had Alabama firstly in my mind with some some Louisiana, but I was like, I don't think so. I'm like, it's not going to be Georgia and it can't be CG. I'm like, that's, that's not a word. So uh, I was pr- pretty good about CA or MA at that point. Fiesta Bowl, it's always independence. I did not know who had won the most Fiesta Bowls. I did think, well, Notre Dame has been in a lot of Fiesta Bowls. Maybe this is an, an I for Indiana. But I kind of just put that aside and said, I think I'm probably back figure what this is going to be. For the Orange Bowl, I think it was on Sports Radio Faceoff. Recently, there was a question about, uh, or maybe it was on the Bench Warmers trivia podcast, one of those two, about who had won the most Orange Bowls. This was within like the last three weeks. And I remember thinking Miami. You know, they're playing the Orange Bowl a lot, but I was way off. They're not even like in the top four of teams that have won the Orange Bowl. And then I was like, I was like, oh, that's right. It was either Oklahoma or Nebraska. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Oklahoma. So I had the same thing. I had basically C, A, blank, O. And I play a lot of Wordle. So I'm like, I can figure this out. And the I started going actually through the alphabet to fill in the blank and be like, okay, what could this possibly be? And Capo, uh, Capo did uh, kind of, come right to mind as a as a mafia word i wasn't familiar with it as a music word but i know it means like top lieutenant guy in the mafia so i thought about that i'm like p pennsylvania i'm like penn state has been in the fiesta bowl a lot and before they were in the big 10 they were an independent and they played in the fiesta bowl a lot so that definitely makes sense so at the end of the day i also ended up answering capo capo and was pleased to see that that was correct it looks like doing a little bit of research on the Fiesta Bowl that Penn State has won the most Fiesta Bowls, even though I think Arizona State won like five of the first six. So Penn State has made up some ground over the years since the 60s when the Fiesta Bowl started. So Capo was was correct. Funny, funny, funny how, yeah, you got it from the mafia angle. I got it from the music angle. And I'm glad glad both of those were helpful. My sports fandom really starts... 1999, 2000, 2001. So one of my first college football memories is of Oklahoma beating Florida State 2000, 2001. I believe Jason Wyatt was the quarterback or something at the time. Um, he was the quarterback at yeah. Oklahoma around that time. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, I just have that, that is my so that, that almost almost like Orange Bowl in my mind is that's the first one I remember. Uh, so it sticks with me. Obviously, they won a few in the 80s too. Yeah, and I, I forgot that Orange Bowl had a, a big eight tie-in for a while and then i was like oh yeah you know the nebraska nebraska and oklahoma have won the most orange bowls they're the they're mm-hmm. the two it's oklahoma first then nebraska second because they were going to the orange bowl pretty much every year either oklahoma <laughs> yeah, or nebraska yeah, yeah. you know for as long as i yeah. can remember for years it's changed now but so that means i got all of them right today which is nice well done is there is there an ast uh equivalent like a, some, something that you get for <laughs> to a beer i still call it beering it I mean, it's the same. It's the same thing to me. 
So yeah, I don't remember if congrats. there is a, a an equivalent. Well, congrats. Well, thank you. Yeah, I I was I was not upset about my four out of five. None of the none of the ones I got right took like I, I was not burning my brain over any of them, and I got decently close with question four. I didn't get specific enough. Again, totally fair, but I felt good about today. Yeah, I did too. I read the questions last night, and I was like, all right, I feel pretty good. And I went to bed trying to think about the capo one, like just and I, of course I get you know laying in bed and I got the the bowls in the wrong order, and so I'm you know racking my brain trying to think of a mafia four-letter word that starts with O and it's like, no, dummy, that's the last one, not that's the last letter, not the first one. So I looked at it again this morning and I was like, okay, we can do this. Nice. All right. Well, that's the end of uh, day two. We'll see what Sports Dramas has for us tomorrow.